You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for tauntauns and twinks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, baby. What's going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. But, but I was like, in my head, I'm like, I can totally Superboy Prime punch this so it makes sense, <laughs> you know? I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. Grimlock, I told you to take care of things while I was gone. <laughs> we do a podcast? What the fuck? You're listening to Ghoul Hose, a Fright Culture Terror Cast, made for the ghoulies by the ghoulies. <laughs> That time of year when all Hallow's Eve is upon us, when things go bump in the night, and also the fan holes come out to play. Hi everybody, this is Tony Chanclaw. We're doing a very special, I know you can't guess it by now, Halloween themed episode of Fan Holes this week. Halloween, as far as I know, is, if not the favorite Halloween, the most favorite holiday of most of the fan holes contributors. It's got to be at least close to the top. I love Halloween. It's one of my favorite holidays. And there's just so much great stuff connected to it, especially TV shows, movies, and video games. Oddly enough, we do a podcast about such things. We're going to talk about some of that tonight. Just give you a little rundown of what we're going to get into. We're going to talk about our favorite Twilight Zone episode. As everyone knows, Twilight Zone is a legend, like legendary show. It was just, just iconic. Everybody knows what it's about. And they did a lot of episodes, and a lot of them were just scary as hell. So we're going to talk about our favorite. The TV show we're going to talk about this week is The Walking Dead. We've talked about this before on the podcast as far as mentions here and there, but we're actually going to get into it, talk about the show a little bit at length. Season 2 just started last week. They are on Episode 2 now. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about video games this week. It's been a while since we talked about that. One of the things that horror really has gotten into is horror video games. Whether it be Resident Evil, most popular I can think of, or, you know, the Silent Hills or whatever. We're going to talk about each of ours' favorite. The one that really just scares the crap out of us. And then, for the future, yours and mine, Nick Cage is back and his head's still on fire. Yep, we're going to talk about the Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. We, again, mentioned this earlier in the summer, but there is actual full trailer out now. I actually saw it this week when I went to go see a movie. I will tell you more about that movie later on. <laughs> but we'll go more into detail about that. To start off, though, I think we should make sure everybody is here and made it out of the basement alive without getting killed by the Saw guy. Uh, I am still, Tony. I am still here. Who else is still with me? Hey, what's up? This is Derek. Derek WC. Woo! Morality sucks. <laughs> Hi, this is Mike Thunderwing. You're entering a podcast not just of comic books and science fiction, but also of the mind. <laughs> you are entering Fanholes. Nice. Hey, this is Grimlock and Fanholes. It's a cookbook. It's a cookbook! 
<laughs> ah, nice, nice. <laughs> Seems like we have a pretty good lead-in for the first topic. Imagine that. As I mentioned in the topic synopsis, we're going to be talking about Twilight Zone. It's the classic show hosted by a one Rod Serling, the only guy I know who possibly smokes more cigarettes than I do. <laughs> it is a classic show. Sci- Sci-Fi Network, as you're well aware, runs like a two-day, three-day marathon. You can always catch it. I mean, it's it's always on at some point. Everybody has seen their favorite episodes, and that's what we're going to talk about. There's nothing better than Twilight Zone for the Halloween. I'm just going to throw it out to someone. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to go with one of my stalwart Twilight Zone fans, the guy I think of when I think of the Twilight Zone. Justin, what's your favorite episode? Or episodes? Yeah, it's best you say episodes because I it's impossible to pick just one, so I, I pulled a mic and chose five. The one I really like the probably the most out of these is called uh, The Howling Man, and it's one where basically this guy accidentally sets the devil free from his cage. Another good one is two, which is uh, basically about the last man and woman on Earth who you know survived like a nuclear holocaust, and they have to like, you know, live together and struggle to get over their hostility and anger towards each other. Long Distance Call. It's another one with Bill Money, and basically it's his grandmother has just died, and she's trying to get him to kill himself by talking through his toy telephone. And Little Girl Lost, it's where this girl, she falls into like a hole under her bed. It takes her to another dimension. And it's this really weird, you know, dimension, and like the dog gets lost in there too, and they have to get her out. And the little people, where these astronauts land on the planet, and you know, they one of the guys there discovers this little tiny civilization. He basically, you know, tries to set himself up as their god, and he goes crazy. One reason why I want to start with you first is uh, I know you're a huge fan of Twilight Zone, and just to kind of, I kind of wanted your opinion on this. Do you think the remakes, like there's been a movie and then there was a short-lived TV show, do you think any of those even captured half the flavor of the original? No, not really. I mean, I'm, I love Twilight Zone, and the the 80s Twilight Zone, it's it's okay, but it just it's just not as good as the original. It doesn't have the same feel. You know, it does have some remakes, like one of the ones that comes to my mind is uh, Dead Man's Shoes. That's a, that's a remake, and it's it's very inferior, in my opinion. The 2000 series with Forrest Whitaker, like, uh, you know, it had a few good episodes, but overall it was not very good at all. And, you know, I mean, I like Forrest Whitaker, but he's he's not at all a replacement for Rod Serling. Yeah, it's pretty sad when, like, Futurama is even more spot on with the Twilight Zone with the scary door. <laughs> yeah, uh, some of the episodes that were kind of remade in the movie, the 80s movie, like, some of those are pretty good, like... Seeing John Lithgow as the crazy guy on the plane, you know, for uh, Shatner's famous, you know, Nightmare 20,000 Feet. Like, that that was pretty good, but for the most part, I'll stick with the original versions. Yeah, I understand. I, I pretty much share the same thing. It wasn't bad, just not not Twilight Zoney. I don't know. Just not my thing. I like, I like Forrest Whitaker, but he's no Rod Serling. <laughs> yeah, I just kept thinking he was going to, like, you know, tell me about the morals of inner city growing up experiences. <laughs> like, these guys are going to go into the Twilight Zone. By the way, kids, don't do drugs. <laughs> I, uh, I think the only thing that could even compare would be if they managed to get, like, Stephen King and, like, put him in a suit and just have him do the introductions. Like, I think he's the only person, you know, 
the left today that's even comparable with Sterling. Yeah, and he's definitely got the body of work where you're like, yeah, well, he's created stuff, so yeah, he's got that going for him. He's not just like some guy who's like, you know, I'm just an actor. I don't really have a lot invested in this. <laughs> I'm going to go throw it over to Mike. What is your favorite Twilight Zone episode, or again, episodes? I was going to say Forrest Whitaker was just waiting for that number. I need that number. I've been waiting <laughs> for that number. <laughs> well, yeah, like Justin, I, I'm a big fan of like the old black and white Twilight Zone episodes. And like I, I was like researching this topic and I was like, wow, there's like a lot I haven't seen. Like there's a hundred and like something episodes, like what do you call original episodes at least. And I, I think I've only seen like maybe 50 of them, if that. So I was like sifting through that pool of them to like pick out my favorite ones. And I, I think my number one favorite is The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street, which is like one of the very early first ones, actually, where there's that neighborhood and like stuff keeps like losing power in the neighborhood and like weird stuff keeps happening. And like the the neighborhood like eventually like turns on itself and everyone's accusing everyone of being like you know aliens or something and like eventually like the whole neighborhood like turns into a riot and like at the end like it turns out like there there are aliens but they like orchestrated the whole thing and they're like you know we will turn every small human town against each other and that's how we'll rule the world you know <laughs> and then, I don't know I I just thought that was very creepy and effective though the way like it's played like all over the nice cutting and stuff like that i don't know it's just just creepy how like human nature is is kind of like the villain kind of couple other notable ones i wanted to mention the one i i forgot i didn't even write down the title of it but the one it has cliff robertson where he's like the guy from like 1840 something like in a covered wagon and like oh, okay. his son his son is sick and like he goes like and leaves the covered wagon convoy and like he wanders off in the the desert for help oh and, like he, do you know the I, title of it it's or, uh a hundred yards over the rim or something yeah, that sounds right. And like he ends up in the future, and like he just he like brings back penicillin, and then it turns yeah. out like his son is the dude who like invented penicillin or something. I forgot it. That 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 one I've seen a lot, so it always sticks out in my mind. And yeah. you know, the last one I thought of is called Old Man in a Cave, where it's it's like there's like a post-apocalyptic society like a little town and like they always ask this like supposed like old man who lives in a cave like what to do like for advice and like eventually they turn against them and they go in there and it turns out it's like a machine it's a, a computer and like the computer was telling them what like foods are still safe to eat and stuff and like they get so mad like they destroy the computer and then like they all die because the computer was telling like helping them but I, that one was always like I don't know, cool to me for some reason. I don't know why. It just kind of appealed to me. And, like, at the end, like, the guy, the one lone voice of reason guy is like, you know, everyone else is dead but me. And then and, and he was like, goodbye. <laughs> Dang, use up all his power. <laughs> you, yeah, broke my, up... you broke my iPod. Damn it. <laughs> he used up all his power. But, yeah, it's like, I, I really want to buy some Twilight Zone like season sets and start watching like all of it because I haven't seen a lot of it but the like, definitive ones are really good yeah, like, yeah. Those, are, those are the great like good sets like I know sometimes they come out with things and you you know would want to wait for like 
the better version to come along, but I, I'd say the definitive editions are, are the quality. I mean, they've got those out on Blu-ray now, and I, I have them all on DVD, but they're all really great. They've got, like, Derek, 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 Derek you yeah. know what? It's on my list. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's on my poll list. Cool. Excellent. Picks so far, guys. A lot of good stuff. I will name some episodes. I do know the title to some. I may just forget, because I tend to do that sometimes. One of my favorites is a very famous episode, and it was also the inspiration for one of my favorite tree houses of horror. And that would be Talkie Tina versus Willie, <laughs> where this little girl gets a Talkie Tina doll, and she's adorable, and she's cute, and she talks, and for some reason her dad begins to not like her so much because, well, the girl's always carrying her around. And I just love the fact that, like, you know, Tina's evil, apparently possessed, and she, like pull the string and she'll be like, my name is Taki Tina, and I want to kill you. <laughs> and the reason I said it inspired one of my favorite treehouses of horrors, it was the one with the crusty doll. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. awesome. Guess yeah. who, fat boy? <laughs> <laughs> Which, the Simpsons did a lot of, they did a lot of episodes where they pretty much took, were almost scene for scene Twilight Zone episodes. It was really good stuff. Again, it's a very popular one, so I, I would not be surprised if a lot of you have seen it already. So that's, that's a good one. This is one I don't really remember the title of. I looked. I tried to look it up earlier this week, but I just could not find a good synopsis of what actually happens. But it was, it was kind of bittersweet. It wasn't really scary. But these four people find themselves in this, like, deep hole, and it's a place surrounded by smooth walls, and they're all oh. from different... Yeah, they're from, like, it's, different... It's uh, yeah. five characters in search of an exit, I believe. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good episode. All these uh, characters have, like, various quirks. One's, like, a, a soldier. One's, like, a ballerina. What have you. And they're trying to escape this place. They think they're being tortured or punished. And you really start to feel for these characters because they can't get out. They they slowly kind of turn against each other, like, you know, maybe you're the reason we're here. You know, all that. And, you know, good, you know, psychological stuff. And then at the end, it's revealed uh, when one of them almost like gets out, and he does, and it's the soldier. They're they're all actually toys, and whenever they're outside of what is pretty much like toy donation bin, they're just toys. But when they're inside, they actually have a life. They're actually you know living, and it was kind of sad, but it was also really well done because it was a great example of like the twist ending that Twilight Zone was really good at. Something M Night Shalomon to learn. <laughs> sounds like that. Sounds like Indian in the cupboard ripped that off or something. Unless that that novel existed before that, which I doubt, but it could have. Yeah, it was a really good episode. I, I would definitely try to pick that one up on the either DVD on one of the uh, season episodes or uh, when Twi- uh, when uh, Sci-Fi does do their you know gigantic friggin' marathon. Let's see, I'm trying to think of uh, one more I like. I'm kind of... I don't know if I want to talk about this one because it's really a sweet episode, but it was written by it was written by Ray Bradbury, which is why I also like it because it's really good science fiction. It's called I Sing the Body Electric. It's a very, very sweet story. It's not really dark. It's not twisted. It's just a good story. It's basically, you know these kids have no one to help raise them except for their father and they don't have a mother and it's in the future a very a very you know 
you know, in the near future kind of setting, you know, you know, there's no flying cars or anything. Everybody still lives in houses and stuff, no flying apartments or whatever. But the father goes and buys a grandma, and it's a robotic grandma. And these grandmas are pretty much programmed to be everything that a child could want. They're nurturing, they're caring, they're loving, and it's just, and they have personality. They're not just, you know, like, you know, yes, dear, I will get you some more, you know, fruit gushers, you know? <laughs> it's like, it was really well done. Hey, man, fruit gushers are all you need. <laughs> <laughs> all you need is gushers. But I really, and there, there's some really good acting in it, too. The grandma is, the grandma is so lovable, you just were like, I want that to be my grandma. My grandma drinks too much rum. <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 you know, I know this is a Halloween episode and we should be talking more about, you know, dark storms, but those are some of my favorite Twilight, like, the Twilight Zone episodes. If you want something a little bit more dark, this is one Justin has referenced many times and it's been referenced in so many media, but it is a good kind of scary one. The one where Burgess Meredith, accountant, gets locked in a vault and the apocalypse happens. And he's wandering around a devastated, you know, New York City or Chicago. I can't remember which one. And all he really wanted to do was, you know, read books. He, he was, was in so like young. three or four episodes. It has the, you know, famous quote, you know, there was finally there was time. Because at the end, he has all these books and he can read them and he does have all the time in the world. I think that's what the episode is called, wasn't it? Doesn't, doesn't he also say, <laughs> <laughs> and he also steals the Batmobile. <laughs> but yeah, it's a classic episode. Everybody's seen it. So I felt, you know, like, eh, I should bring it up, I guess. But that's more of a scary one. Because when he's wandering around, they did a very good job of making New York look like, you know, it had been hit by a nuke. And, and of course, it's sad. He could read all the books he wants, but then his glasses fall off his, you know, face and they break, which is, you know, sad and poignant. And I was like, okay, on one hand, couldn't you just go get more glasses? But as far as the story goes, I understand. It was, it was supposed to, you know, hit a chord. And it did. It made you feel bad for him. Poor Pingy. But those are some of my favorite ones. I want to go over to Mr. Derek now. I'm sure, again, he has many of his favorite episodes. We, we shouldn't even say, what's your favorite episode? What are your favorite episodes? Well, actually, like I, I tried to play by the rules, people. So I, I just picked one, but like I, I, I will just proceed by following up on some of the ones that were mentioned previously, like the, the, you know, what the Howling Man, you know, like that one is pretty cool. The one that Justin was talking about, where the guy's got the devil locked up in the box, like that's a pretty awesome episode. You know, the transformation from the, you know, the man to the devil and all that kind of stuff. And you know, I, I enjoy, you know, a great many deal of. Twilight Zone episodes, whether they be with William Shatner or otherwise, but my favorite episode and one that kind of creeped me out when I was uh, a young lad who uh, was watching an old busted Sony television set in a dark room one night was the episode The Dummy that starred Cliff Robertson. And that was pretty much my favorite episode because I remembered Cliff Robertson being shame on Batman. So I already kind of, you know, had some kind of connection and stuff like that with him. And so I sort of already related to him. And he plays a, a ventriloquist who's got his little carnival act going on. And, you know, he's got his dummy on stage and they're making jokes and doing their routine and everything. But he's kind of washed up and everybody kind of treats him as a drunk and everything. And they don't really take him as seriously, you know, that he's not 
in his prime anymore and stuff like that. You know, and you know, I was young enough that I wasn't like, oh, he's a dirty old drunk and I don't like him. You know, I was like, I put, you know, you feel bad for the guy. He's a good actor. He's personable. He's kind of like, you know, like Jimmy Stewart in that way. Kind of like, you know, Cliff Robertson is an everyman. And of course, you know, eventually the, the freaky thing, kind of like what you were talking about before with, you know, talking Tina going like, I want to kill you. You know, his, his <laughs> dummy, basically his act, you know, comes to life again too. And his, you know, his dummy, you know, he's like, hey there, what's going on? You know, and he's like, you know, who, look, look, no hands, no hands, see? <laughs> you know, and all this kind of stuff. So, you, and basically, like, it was kind of freaky. The music was pretty freaky. And, you know, I think I think the first time I watched it, I was like eight or nine, and I was just watching it in a room alone that was dark and stuff. And I was like, it's, you know, the way the camera moves around, all Star Trek-ish, you know, where everything's kind of crooked and tilted, and you're kind of like, hey, this is pretty freaky and everything. So, like, I've always really enjoyed that episode the most so that's why i would i would pick that as my my overall twilight zone favorite i think that was an episode that unleashed the floodgates for so many people to have a unreasonable fear stark fear of ventriloquist dummies yeah yeah you know like that kind of thing you know and you know he, he likes he's like I, I got the wrong one but wait how did it, he was in the box and uh, you know and stuff like that he's like you made me what i am today you put words <laughs> in my mouth you know and like you know so like yeah it was it was a cool episode so. excellent excellent Derek playing by the rules being a upstanding <laughs> twilight zone citizen <laughs> I'm uh, I'm such a I'm such a rebel with my honorable mentions and all that. <laughs> no, and I, I've, corru- I've corrupted Derek. I, I, I've corrupted Justin too. He did honorable mentions. Rules where we're going, we don't need rules. <laughs> Please, where topics can just go wherever the fuck they want. <laughs> zone. Oh, oh, excellent. If for some god-awful reason you have not seen The Twilight Zone, just watch any episode. There's very few clunkers in the entire run. There's only one or two that I've ever been like, eh, it was okay. And even those weren't bad. So yeah, yeah, watch Twilight Zone. It's, it's well worth the uh, investment of 22 minutes of your time, trust me. Little girl? I'm a policeman. Little girl. Don't be afraid, okay? Little girl. move on though keep the show uh, chugging along on this halloween path man that was horrible we're going to talk about tv shows now specifically one we've like i said mentioned this a few times before we're bringing it up mainly because the new season just started the walking dead is a robert kirkman joint yo it's zombies yo it's the zombie apocalypse this is where shit goes down and zombies are everywhere the big difference is is this is a serialized uh, series most zombie movies are, you know, two hours, you know, shit goes down, everybody dies. There's never really been a zombie TV show, really. And it was based off a comic book, and the whole thing is, is an ongoing story. Like, how do people not just deal with this for 
a few hours and then get killed. But how do you deal with this, you know, shit like this, this horrible situation day to day to day, having to like scrape by and not knowing if you're going to get your flipping brains eating, eaten one day or the next. It's very well done. I think it's, it's became one of my favorite TV shows. I want to let everybody else kind of just tell what they like about it or, or, you know, whatever. We're just going to do kind of a round table. I know, Justin, you're kind of a fan of it. What do you think about The Walking Dead? What what hits a chord with you? I guess just the fact that it's a TV series and, you know, like you said, it, it deals with the aspects of survival, you know, episode after episode. It's like, you know, you get bits and pieces of this stuff in a movie, you know, but if you're actually, like, experiencing it, it's like, you know, what do you do in those days where, you know, there's no food, there's no ammunition, you're surrounded by zombies, or it's like, you know, how do you get from point A to point B without a vehicle? It's like, you know, I can drive to my house and be there in like 10 minutes, but if I'm walking there, it might take me like three hours. So it's, you know, it's it's that kind of thing. And I'm not really, uh, I've never read any of the comics it's based on, and I kind of don't want to. I kind of like being surprised week after week with all the the character drama that goes on in it. Like the episode, the first episode that was on, you know, last week, it was really good. And what I liked was I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if they would find the girl or she'd be a zombie or, you know, what was going to happen. So I kind of liked the the idea of not knowing what's going to happen next. And, you know, it's like I know there are some characters that are in it who weren't in the comic, but I don't know which one. So I'm just like, okay, so anyone can die at any moment, and that's, you know, that's good drama to me. Yeah, yeah I, don't think, I don't think you're going to have that much of a problem with that, though, one way or the other, because it seems like – to me, at least, like, I, I haven't read that much of it myself. I actually sort of watched some of the TV show and, and read the first trade paperback in correspondence, you know? So as far as that goes, like, obviously the end of that first trade diverges from even the end of, of the first season, I think. And then this episode, you know, to me seemed to, you know, that, that second season starter, you know, did seem to be, you know, it seemed to be up to the same quality as the, the previous season. I was definitely engrossed in, in what I was watching and, and, you know, you're, you're at the edge of your seat. And like you're saying, you're, you know, you have that unexpected unknown feeling of what's going to happen next type thing. And when you're following this large cast of characters, but I, I don't think it really at this point, like it doesn't seem to correspond all that much with the, comic as far as i can tell but like i said i've only read the first trade so yeah there's a there's a couple of similar characters but like justin said there's even characters who are part of as of now the uh ongoing cast but they weren't in the comic so yeah it to me it also has that aspect of you know buffy season six and i've talked about this before where it's like you know you you have something that's supernatural based it's like that's your enemy or whatever and then you take a lot of like real real world you know situations and complications you put all that together and you know you, you the part of the fun in watching it is seeing characters break down and you know do what they have to do to survive or get through and that like i find that really appealing too yeah the the one thing that's really nice about the show is yeah of course you want to see the you know quote-unquote good guys kick ass but the thing is if you actually watch the show nobody's really a good guy they're all survivors they all have their flaws nobody is perfect in the show at all and it's it's a lot more, you know, again, it, it throws that monkey wrench into it because you don't know who's going to survive because even, like, the main the main lead right now is the sheriff. And, you know, he's got his flaws. You know, he's not perfect, you know. And yeah, but you know what, Tony? You know who is perfect? 
Ooh. is Jesus in the church in the second season opener. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I don't have AMC, unfortunately. I'm having, I thought it was on Hulu, but I've got to watch it on, I guess, AMC website to actually oh, watch okay. it. Yeah, I know. It pissed me off. I went to Hulu like earlier this week when I actually had some time. I've been working a lot this week. And I was like, going to watch me some Walking Dead. It's not on here. <laughs> and I'm like, damn it. And I, I know should have had it plan B. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work out so well for me. Where, where uh, was no. your Batman prep time, Tony? Yeah, what's uh, up with that? I, I, uh, I mean, you need to have the gas pellets in the utility belt, Tomster. <laughs> my, my my prep time on Walking Dead was written by Kevin Smith. I just had to bladder <laughs> gas him. <in. laughs> You're like, oh, shit, it's not on Hulu. <laughs> You were like, oh! <laughs> I browned them. Um. <laughs> Bat bombs. Okay! Oh, man. Yeah. No, I gotta see it, though. Yeah, I really do want to check it out. <laughs> Prep time fail. I just want to have one more thing to add. I guess the most obvious thing that I haven't discussed is, you know, just the horror aspect of it. And you know, it's I've watched I've watched a lot a lot of horror movies over my over the years, and it takes a lot to kind of gross me out or maybe make me flinch and just be like, ugh. But the autopsy scene in uh, last week's episode, like that, that kind of bothered me just just a little bit. So it's it's nice when you know you get kind of thrown a curveball like that, and you can still be horrified, I guess, even if you. Even if you're a big fan of the genre like me, is it still? I, I know there's a speculation that begins. Is this, is Frank Darabont still doing it? No, he was he was let go. Oh, I mean he he. I think he was working on editing this first episode, so I don't know how much of that is going to affect that that initial season opener. But I think after that, he's not the showrunner. Oh. After that point, he did a very good job on season one. And I was just about to kind of back up Justin on that. You know, AMC has a pretty good reputation for doing pretty quality shows. They got, like, Breaking Bad and Mad Men and stuff. But, you know, it really does take you out of the, oh, it's just a TV show thing, when you see really good special effects for the zombies and stuff. And you're like, you know, it's like an hour-long movie, you know, but every week, you know, it doesn't come off as, like, you know, this is a TV show, and next on a very special Walking Dead, you know, <laughs> like the, the sheriff. Get away from those flowers! <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's yeah, I, I agree with that. The, the the effects and and makeup and stuff are top notch, and the show, I think, also. I I mean, I I don't want to like you know, I guess send all your angry emails to Fanholes or, or care of Derek or whatever, but I I, I kind of. I'm overwhelmed, I guess, the way some people are overwhelmed with the whole vampire thing now, you know, that it's overdone. Like, I'm kind of overwhelmed with zombies, you know, whether it's, you know, High School of the Dead or Marvel Zombies or, you know, you know whatever, you know, your laundry list of, you know, Dawn of the Dead and, and, and Shaun of the Dead and all this stuff. You know, it's like they've almost become comical in some sense. And I, I think it's nice to watch something that I'm actually you know, pretty invested in the characters for the most part. I mean, some of them I think are stupid and I can't wait for them to get eaten, but like, <laughs> there's some characters that I definitely like and, and it's definitely engrossing to watch whether I want the characters to get eaten or whether I don't, but the, the, the I guess the point remains is that, that while I may be suffering from some zombie burnout, it does not usually apply to The Walking Dead, so yeah. that's to its credit. 
That's like a good point because I'm I've never been a fan of zombies really because I, I, I kind of took the Jason Voorhees thing from like the slasher flicks. You know, they're slow as shit. Like, you know, I know they've retconned that in recent years, you know, with, like, you know, Dawn of the Dead stuff. They can, like, run like track stars. But, you know, originally zombies were slow as shit. They were stupid. They were just this big horde. And, like, you know, the old 50s movies, it never made sense to me, like, why the military just won't come in with tanks and just wipe them the fuck out. Like I said, they've retconned that and made zombies a little bit more terrifying and stuff. But that doesn't matter. Walking Dead is just a really well-written show, and it makes you go... Damn, zombies are fucked up. They can just get you at any time. You know, it, it makes them a lot more of a credible threat to me. But because I'm like, yeah, I, I really am kind of burned out on zombies because that seems to be one of the more like with vampires that seems the two big in like you know horror classic monsters nowadays like zombies and vampires, zombies and vampires. So. Yeah, like yeah. to to back up Derek a little bit. I was with a, a buddy of mine at a bookstore a while back, and I was telling him about High School of the Dead. And he was like, man, there's there's a whole lot of the zombie stuff out there these days. And I was like, yeah. And we were kind of walking around looking at different books, and we saw like three or four different zombie books in the science fiction fantasy section. So I kind of kept that in the back of my mind. And by the time I left the store, I counted like at least 29 different zombie-related books. And that wasn't even counting the Walking Dead graphic novels. So, I mean, it's, right. it's everywhere. Yeah, and it, you know it applies to obviously video games as well. You know, you've got Resident Evil and and all those kind of games where you know you've got you know people you know zombified people running around trying to bite your face and that kind of thing. So yeah, I mean I I think it's I mean some people ask me like well what do you mean and it's like well you go down a list of you know whatever medium it is and it seems like there's you know definitely a large amount of material to choose from. You could throw a dart and, and hit something with a zombie, you know, that's out there. Yeah, like when, when, when do we get the last good Frankenstein movie, damn it? But I'm going to go to Mike now. Mike is a avid comics reader. I think you've read a pretty good bit of The Walking Dead, haven't you? No, you're you're on drugs. No, I'm wrong. I am. He's <laughs> <laughs> no, on no. zombie drugs. Very similarly to Derek, I, I read the first trade, and that's about it. Um, I, it must have been Invincible. I was thinking of. Sorry. Was, yeah. Uh, Walking Dead's on your actually, pull list. I, 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 I think. I think you said the exact same thing to me about uh, Invincible, but like you were like the opposite. Like it was like, have you been following Invincible? And I was like, yeah, I read it like every month. And you were like, oh, okay. I thought you didn't read it at all. So Robert, now Robert you made the hand delivers me every issue. <laughs> wrong again, Jackson. Wrong again. <laughs> Curses! You got me again. Arr, damn you. Arr. No, it's, yeah. it's okay. No, I have a good friend who like follows it religiously, like the comic, and like I get I get bits of information from him every so often, and like since like uh, since I've read the first trade, like I definitely like both me and Derek know like definitely know like the eventual fate of one of the characters. So like and like it, it well it might diverge now because of the, like in the TV show but yeah it seems like it seems like it's pretty divergent I think like what Justin says holds up is true because I think anything goes now I mean they could they could bring it back to that eventually you know they yeah, could but... lead up to that again for like another season finale shocker or something yeah. but I I mean they could easily just abandon that because that's true yeah you know. this is not Walking Dead six one six I was I was gonna say like even from that first trade though and like the stuff my friend has told me like he's always like you know man dude like after every trade I read of this I gotta have a drink because like it's so fucking bleak 
Like, you know, like, it's so depressing sometimes. Like, even after the first trade, I was like, man, you know, like, just when something good happens, like, three bad things happen to balance it out. Like, it's like, you know, I, I don't know if I could follow that comic, because it's just, it seems like every everyone I talk to who's read it is just like, it's relentlessly bleak, and, you know, and, like, they run through the cast, like, they burn through cast members, like, at, at a, like, such a high rate and whatnot, so it's like, I, I don't know if I could follow the comic, but... The they should make they should make an IDW Star Trek comic book, but it'll just be about the red shirt guys, and it'll be all bleak and written by Kirkman <laughs> and how they're going down to the planet, and they're like, "Do you want to go? Do you want to beam down? No, dude, don't let me beam down. I don't want to fucking beam down." <laughs> yeah, the badass red shirt is like, "Fucking, I'm drunk. Give me a phaser." <laughs> dude, that cool red shirt who can follow tracks and everything. He got he got wiped out by the salt monster last week. Oh, my God. <laughs> How does Sparky always come back alive? <laughs> <laughs> Ensign Sparky is the shit. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, but, yeah. uh, I, I enjoy the TV show a great deal, though, and, like, I'm not I'm not a big fan of, like, zombies or anything, or even, like, you know, just, like, gruesome stuff, but, like, you know, I can, I'm, I'm desensitized, I guess, enough to, like, violence that I can just be like, oh, that's kind of gross, and not, like, you know, dwell on it for too long, you know? Like, some people would just see that and are like, ugh, I'm not watching this anymore, or not reading this anymore, but I'm, I'm just like, um... I kind of want to see what happens, so I'll just, like, you know, man up and take all the gore, you know, with it. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I like the show so far. It's it's pretty cool. Like, I freaking love What's-His-Face, Daryl, the hillbilly. The redneck? Yeah, with the crossbow and stuff. He's awesome. Like, I know my friend tells me he's he's one of the original characters. He's not in the comic so far. But I'm wondering if they'll do some, like, cross-pollination in the future where he's, like, he'll show up in the comic or something. But, you know. Yeah, him and Drift will show up in issue, like. <laughs> exactly, yep. It's it's good television. It's dramatic and yeah, like now now that it's kind of beyond the point of the first trade, like I don't know what's gonna happen. So it's cool like that. Yeah, I was gonna say I think we could all agree it's like yeah, like you just said, it's a very well done show. And again, I think, you know, just from hearing almost all of us, even if you don't like zombies, it's worth checking out. If you like a quality television show that's well written, has good special effects and will just kind of suck you in, totally check it out. The first season is available on DVD. The second season is airing right now, the the latest episode, as far as how we're recording, aired tonight. So, yeah, check it out. It's a very, very good show, and, of course, very appropriate for Halloween. You're all going to die down here. Another thing in our day and age of our cultural society that is very relevant to Halloween is video games. What? No, no, you got to listen to me here. Video games are very diverse now. It's no longer, you know, just platformers and, you know, like, cutesy characters. You know, they've really kind of embraced the horror element. One of the most popular series of all time, as far as horror goes, is, of course, Resident Evil. That may be one of our fan holes picks this week. I don't know. I don't know what my fellow fan holes have up their sleeve. But games like that have become very popular within the genre. They have really creepy storylines because of the animation and the fact that there's not really a budget as far as the gore they can go pretty graphic and gross with some of the designs so video games really do offer the hardcore 
either slasher or just suspenseful horror fan a lot of avenues to play around with and be interactive with as well. So we're just going to talk about that now, like the favorite horror genre video game that you enjoy. It could be a classic or it could be one of the more, you know, recent releases that just really just splatters the blood everywhere and makes you almost, you know, shit your pants in horror. I'm going to start off with, let's see, let's go with, I haven't started with Mike this evening. So let's start off with Mike as far as his fable right horror video game. Uh, this was kind of a hard one for me because I don't like actively seek out like a horror video game. Like, I, I mean, I've watched my roommate play like Resident Evil 4, which was pretty cool. But like there weren't many like, you know, uh, movement like uh, moments in it or anything. You know, there's, there's like a moment where this guy reaches out of an oven like on fire, like and it's kind of a jump moment. But other than that, I was just like, you know, it's just kind of gross stuff, like gruesome stuff. And, you know, I I played, like, the Left 4 Dead series of shooters, which is, like, basically, you know, zombie killing. And that's not really horror, really. It's just kind of, you know, gruesome stuff, and you get overwhelmed by the zombie hordes and whatnot. There are moments in, like, the first Halo game that can be kind of considered, like, horror, like like kind of dip into the horror genre when they introduce like the flood which which are like basically space zombies and you know it's kind of like Justin was saying that like zombies like permeate everywhere and like even way back when Halo 1 came out it's like it started off as this like a straightforward war between humans and an alien species and then they're like midway through the game you're like oh by the way there's space zombies <laughs> you know, they're from space it, Australia <laughs> yeah and ironically like Gears of War 3 like just introduced like the third faction and their space zombies you know <laughs> it's like when they had to think of a like third faction for the, like the other two factions to team up and fight it's always like some giant space parasite with its space yeah. hordes of space zombies you know but now nah, i'm getting off track like yeah the, fir <laughs> the first halo game when they introduced the flood like it's a really like effectively done like cut scene where the master chief like the protagonist of the game like he he kind of goes like the he lost communication with this like squad of soldiers and like he goes into this like deserted like installation that where they last like sent their last message and he keeps like finding clues along the way and as to, like, what happened to them, like, emptied out, like, helmets and, like, you know, like, sometimes just blood on the walls and, like, this weird green gunk everywhere. And then, like, he finds, like, this one Marine in a room who's, like, totally insane and he's, like, shooting everywhere and he's, like, screaming, you guys won't get me, you won't get me. So, like, and then, like, finally he finds, like, a dead body with, like, a recorder on it. So he watches, like, the recording, and, like, he watches, like, the Marines get, like, torn apart by these little, like, a face hugger, like, infection form of flood types. And, like, then, like, after that recording ends, like, you go into the gameplay, and, like, you start hearing the same noises you heard on the recording, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, like, you know, all the the, the, the little face hugger, like, types all start pouring in and like there's hundreds of them and then like you meet like the combat forms and it just gets like you know basically like a zombie movie where you got to fight your way out through like hundreds and hundreds of like guys but 
you know, that's about it. Like I said, I, I don't specifically look for, like, a horror video game, really. You know, yeah. it's it's just not a genre that really uh, appeals not to bag. me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, not my bag. That's cool. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, just because you may like horror movies or, you know, horror comics doesn't mean you're going to like horror video games. Totally understandable. I'm actually going to go next because I may actually get picked on for this because I am not picking a very recent game at all. You, you uh, didn't pick uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde for NES, did you? No, that's just horrible to play. <laughs> <laughs> that actual horror movie just, just makes you want to kill yourself. The uh, game I'm actually picking, and again, I know there's going to be some people listening, you're like, really? Like, how old are you, dude? I'm old, that's why. It's like a I, Commodore 64 game. Yeah, right. Halloween uh, for the Atari 2600. <laughs> And then you go into the next room and it stops. Then you go into the next room. Oh, man. I've had played that, but no, that's not it. Yeah, actually, it's going to be Castlevania and certain parts of the sequels. There's there's some that are really, really good. But the entire storyline, I just like, it's vampires done right because the vampires are fucking scary. They, they're like, you know, I want to, like, suck blood and take over the world and maybe, like, get some on the side. You know, that's what they're supposed to be, you know. They're not supposed to be sparkly, like, look, I'm a vampire. And they don't even get that much of a storyline. It's just, you know, you hear about them and they're like, oh, Lord Dracula wants to kill everyone, even your mom. What you going to do about it, bitch? And they're like, you know, oh, shit, dude, you got personal. And you just get your fucking whip and you go to town. And it's a side-scroller. It's pretty straightforward gameplay you don't have to do a lot of deep thinking but it's just fun and i like the setting and the music i mean i think a lot of you guys who played the nes uh, nes a lot could totally agree like the music was great even for back then you know just like you know okay i can shut up now but uh but no i mean it just gets catchy the it was done by konami and they did a good job on it, you know. I, I like the characters, and, you know, one of the reasons why my heart was really broken when Simon Belmont was a giant douche in Captain N and the Game Master. <laughs> you know, because I was like, Simon Belmont is not that sad. <laughs> but it's just a good game, you know. It's just good platform and action, you know. It's old school. I'm a very big retro gamer. I like old games. That's just how I roll. And it is a horror game, you know. There, There is some, you know, classic characters. You got Fishmen, you got Zombies. Ooh, there's your Zombies. You got Wolfmen. In the later games, you got shit you don't even understand, like a fucking Minotaur Medusa with, like, you know, devil wings and shit. And you're like, what the fuck is that? It's, like, it's evil, don't worry about it. And <laughs> you're, like, you're like, who had to get together and fuck to make that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're like, what's this thing? I don't know, but it's killing me. I gotta kill it back. <laughs> Pretty much. I don't have time to bleed, <laughs> you know. Some of the later games are really good. One of my favorites from the uh, sequelitis is Dracula X. I, I like it. I think it's a really good game. It's uh, yeah. Super Nintendo. Uh, yeah. I, I'll totally back you up, Tony. I, I love the Castlevania series. I haven't played any of the games like like post PlayStation Two, but I love Castlevania One and Three, and then you know, Super Castlevania for Super. Like that's probably one of my favorite of the series. But yeah, I I love Castlevania too. So I'll back you up. Cool, cool. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's just, just like I said, just it's fun. Kill some shit, you know. And it's it's 
just happens to be Legions of Hell. So, hell, double bonus. You're actually a really cool hero. But, yeah, that's my pick. I'm going to just go with it one this time. My favorite horror game is uh, Castlevania and select sequels. I would, I would pick Dracula X. What about you, Derek? What's your favorite horror video game? Well, for this, I decided to pick the most recent game I played that I thought had something to do with horror. So <laughs> for that, it was The Darkness, and that's a, a comic book series. But they made it into a video game, and you play as uh, Jackie Estacado, who controls the darkness, which is basically this otherworldly, you know, creature where you can, you know, basically like you, you basically like run around shooting lamplights and stuff. And the more encased in darkness you are, the greater the power of your, you know, other, you know, dark entity is. And so, you know, there there are some definitely like you know it follows a storyline and stuff. But it starts getting really kind of creepy when you end up seeing your girlfriend get killed and you shoot yourself in the head and then you go to Otherworld, which is basically like you're, you're like running around in like this demonic looking World War Two setting where, you know, there's all these weird demon guys, but they're all kind of wearing World War Two outfits and you have to basically, you know, the darkness is kind of prompting you to, you know, go back and, and, and you know, find your way back so, you know, you can get back into the real world and pay the guy back who, who killed your girlfriend and all that kind of stuff. And so, like, that game, I, it was something that I played all the way through. You know, like, I mean, I, I kind of wanted to mention things like, say, Resident Evil 4, I think, that has really good gameplay and is an enjoyable kind of horror thing. But, I, to be honest, like, I never finished playing that game. So I picked The Darkness because it was a game I played the whole way through. I enjoyed playing it. And I did beat it, you know, all on my lonesome, you know, without any, you know, help from other people or whatever. So, so that's why I wanted to give the nod to that. And then for my, for my honorable mention, dun, 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 <laughs> I just wanted to tell a funny story. And I don't know if I've, I've told any of the fan holes this before, but I figure it would be a good funny story to tell on the podcast. And this was back during my days of, I, I played, like, lots of, you know, Xbox games and stuff like that, and this was also kind of at the height, the zenith of my no-remake policy. So I had not seen, and I still have not seen, the Peter Jackson King Kong movie, but there was a Peter Jackson King Kong video game that came out, and the way it worked was basically, you, you weren't King Kong the whole time, there's, like, certain moments where you're King Kong and you're like, you know, fuck you, T-Rexes, and you, you know, rip open their <laughs> jaws and stuff, and you get to be King Kong at certain points, but for the most part of the game, you're playing, it's kind of like a third-person shooter where you're, you're Jack Driscoll, you know, and you're off looking for you know, the girl and everything, and, and, and trying to hunt Kong on the island and stuff like that. And so you have, like, a sniper rifle at certain points, and you, you basically have to make sure you gauge your ammo and stuff. So it's kind of like, in, in some sense, it's kind of like, you know, Silent Hill or whatever, where you, you know, have to make sure you're stocked up and stuff, and you can run out of bullets. So at this one point, I had ended up getting into this little sort of, enclave or, you know, these different sort of, I guess, structures, but that were torn down by the T-Rex. And so, um, you know, already on the run from a T-Rex who kind of is, is, you know, out there, so it's already kind of freaky and everything, and I'm running to the next sort of torn structure, but getting on the top of it so the T-Rex can't get me or whatever. But I only have one bullet left. 
And oh, so what's what's going on is they're they're like you know and and I had a bunch of bullets. The reason why I was so low is there's all these like pterodactyls and you know bat things or whatever the hell they were, right? So there's all these pterodactyls like running around, you know, and so you you can see them in your sight scope. And so when I was on the other side, I was kind of you know taking them down one by one from far away, and I'm like, okay, awesome, you know, I took them all out. I think it's pretty clean and clear. And so I run across to the other side, you know, and don't get sniped up by the T-Rex or whatever. And I'm, you know, and I'm sitting there, but I've got it in default on my my sight scope. And I'm kind of like, oh, okay, I'm cool. You know, I don't see anything. And there's like, you know, one bullet left. And I'm like, oh, I think I'm good. And my friend's watching me play. You know, I'm sitting there, and then all of a sudden, like, Tusken Raider popping into Luke's binoculars, this one pterodactyl just <laughs> shows up right into the sight scope, and I'm like, ah! And I shoot it, you know? And, like, I shoot it dead, and it's cool, because I had the one bullet and everything. But, of course, my friend was, like, laughing his ass off, because, like, that actually, like, scared the shit out of me, because I was, like, looking around with the sight scope, and all of a sudden, it just popped, like, right up into the sight scope. And, you know, of course, I only had one bullet left, and I, you know, I got him, like, dead center, and it was cool, but... But, like, it was one of those things where, like, I totally was, you know, scared while I was playing it. So I just thought that'd be a funny thing to share with the <laughs> listeners and the fan holes. <laughs> it was a heartwarming story of you almost having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool, though. Uh, excellent stuff. I've never played The Darkness. I might actually have to check that out sometime. I am There's familiar- actually a, a sequel's coming out pretty soon, too. So, so you know, one way or the other. The The original PS3 game is fairly cheap now. Like, I think I think when I got it, I got it for, like, like 15 bucks or something. But I think now you could probably find it for, like, 10 bucks or something really cheap. So, like, it's not... The game itself, I don't think, is the, at least the original, if you can find a copy of it online or somewhere. It's not It's not all that expensive to get secondhand. And then, you know, pretty soon, I think, I forget what the release date is, but I think maybe it's, you know, probably sometime this month or maybe maybe it's later. But I know there's a Darkness 2 is slated to be released pretty soon, so that might be something that'll be kind of cool. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to our good friend, Justin. I know you probably have an interesting video game for us on this podcast. I don't know if it'll match Derek almost getting killed by a, a pterodactyl, but... <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think I can top that story, but the game I went with, and it's one that was mentioned by you in your little opening, is I went with the original Resident Evil game. That's, that's one of the first PlayStation games I can remember playing, and it's probably the first game I can just remember playing and being really creeped out and, you know, kind of like Derek having a few, like, oh, shit moments, you know, like, I I have a lot of, like, fond memories, you know, playing it with my cousin. We'd, like, you know, we'd sneak and stay up past our bedtime, you know, if, when I spent the night. So we'd be, at, like, up at 2 o'clock in the morning trying to beat the game, you know, and we, we'd go around a corner and all of a sudden there's, like, a hunter or something, you know, we didn't see before jumps out at us and we're like, ah! And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we hear someone pounding on the door. It's like, okay, shut up and go to bed. It's 2 in the morning. I got to work in the morning, you know, like stuff like that. But I, I remember a lot of uh, late nights playing the Resident Evil and, you know, getting creeped out for one reason or another. But I don't I don't think we ever beat it. I, I liked Resident Evil 4, but I don't know if I mentioned this before, but, like, it's it's one of those games I bought for the Wii and then... I ended up watching my roommate play it more than I played it myself. I mean, I liked it, but I was just like, would just sit there and watch it and be like, oh, this looks like a lot of fun. Well, going to bed now. 
Yeah, like the the first Resident Evil, I remember when I played it because I haven't played it in forever. But when I, I first played, I do remember it being very hard to me, so I can kind of understand what you're talking about. It might have been a game, maybe I just wasn't a very good game player back then, but it, it seemed very difficult to me. I kept getting killed by the damn dogs in the house, for Christ's sake. Yeah, it, I haven't played it since then either, but it, as a, I guess it's one of those games as a kid, kind of like Mega Man, where you're just like, why is this so hard? Why do I keep dying? <laughs> but it's like we, we would spend a lot of time trying to figure out all these puzzles. It's like, there's, okay, there's nothing in this room. There's got to be some kind of switch or lever or something we got to move. You know, there's there's got to be a reason for this room to exist. You know, just going over the every little single inch of the, the map or the the mansion. You know, just wasting time, just going over everything, just to make sure you didn't, you know, miss something or desperately running around trying to find ammo because there's a dog or a hunter or something after you. You know, a giant snake or sharks in the basement or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of funny how Resident Evil kind of turned into, like, some kind of weird, like, umbrellas, like Cobra and shit trying to take over the world. And the first one, it was just fucking zombies, dude. That's all it was, you know? Yeah. I mean, some of the sequels are pretty good, but I think the first one is just, you know, it's it's great in its simplicity. They didn't tack on, you know, a whole lot of, like, other outside story elements or anything. It's just like, okay, you're in a mansion. There's things going to kill you. Try and figure out these puzzles and survive. You know, there wasn't anything else besides that. Yeah, it was pretty straightforward with what it had. That's cool. Excellent, excellent. A lot of good games for everybody to check out. As far as me, I, I, I do agree with some of you. I'm not a really big horror game fan. But, again, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. I know they just came out with, like, what, Island of the Dead or something like that? Yeah. Dead Island. Dead Island, that's what it is. And, yeah, it's another zombie game, but it's been getting really good reviews. So, if you are a horror fan and you do play video games just never really thought about getting into, like, horror video games, give them a chance. You, know, you never know what you might wander into. For the future! For the future, though, we know what holds in store for us. There is a spirit of vengeance returning. His head's probably still on fire. Um, my, my pee-pee's on fire. <laughs> my future's on fire. <laughs> I went and saw a movie this week. Again, I'm saving it for the awesome thing this week. I saw a movie this week, and it was one of the trailers, so I got to see it on the big screen even. Nick Cage is back. Eva Mendez is not in Ghost Rider 2, uh, Spirits of Vengeance. Actually, Spirit of Vengeance. Nick Cage is back in the movie you didn't ask for. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's coming. It's... I. I can't remember the exact date, but I think it's either late January or early February that's going to be released. It's February when it's going to come out. The okay. Movie, yeah. But yeah, yeah, uh, our, our favorite, you know, friggin', was it Skittles or M&Ms in a cup eating fool is back. and Jet Jelly beans in a, in a, in a martini glass. Martini glass, yeah. He's back and he's, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't even know who the bad guys are in this one. But, uh, it looks like I know. I know. I saw a screenshot of uh, Idris Ilba. You know the guy from from Thor or from The Wire or from he, he's been in tons of stuff. But you know he's the the British actor who who was uh, Heimdall in Thor. But I, I saw a screenshot of him. Like he may be a a villainous character. I don't know. I don't know exactly what he's doing. But he looked like he was chasing after Ghost Rider with a shotgun or something. I don't know. Maybe he's Blade. Oh, <laughs> um, maybe he just maybe he just maybe he just wants his money back from the first he's like, movie. He's, yeah, he's like, <laughs> I mean, 
Give me my money back, vampire. <laughs> Where's Eve Torres, bitch? He's all that good in this movie. He's actually a, more, a lot more classy than I should say such. Like, you know, he wouldn't use such language. He's a very classy gentleman. I don't I don't know for sure. I'm just trying to cover my ass because he's big. He'd probably kill me. <laughs> uh, you, you make it sound like you two were sitting in the gentleman's club over a bottle of sherry or something, Tony. <laughs> he wears a monocle. Uh, <laughs> As far as my own input, just for real quick, because uh, I'm, I'm just going to let everybody just say what they want to say about this. I am not incredibly impressed. I know a lot of people are like, dude, his skull's not white anymore. It looks like he's actually burning. It's got detail. And I'm like, that doesn't help. Cage is shitty acting. I, I, I will get this on DV. I'm not really even excited to see it in the theaters. It is what it is. It, it was very appropriate for Halloween. That's why we're talking about it. The first one, you've heard us rail on it so many times with the, you know, one of our classic lines from uh, Mike, you know, used up all my powers, of course, from the original Ghost Rider film. Not actually, but interpreted through Mike's genius. <laughs> Good bad. <laughs> Good bad. And, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying uh, I... Won't be impressed if it is good, but I don't have a lot of expectations. What do you guys think? I, I love Ghost Rider comics. I, I was pretty disappointed with the first movie. I think he looks like a burnt marshmallow in this trailer. <laughs> I'm not impressed with the burnt marshmallow look. I know it seems like I don't know. Like I, I don't know if I mentioned this before or not on the podcast, but I remember back when all these people saw the trailer at Comic Con before we got to see it. And they were all raving about it, and I feel like, you lied to me, fuckers. Like, you, you said it was good, and I'm like, this is not... Like, this is awesome! This is so cool! He looks so badass! You know, and I guess the, the guys that were promoting it were like, this isn't your father's Ghost Rider, this is the fucking hardcore shit Ghost Rider, or whatever. <laughs> you know, and they are trying to sell it as, like, more badass than the original movie or something. And like I said, you, you Comic-Con promoters and fans, you, you have lied to me because, you know, when I saw this trailer, he looks like a burnt marshmallow and then he pees far, you know, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not, you know, like I'm not feeling it. So, but, uh, you know, like I said, I do, I do love the character. So I, you know, I, I hope that, you know, I, I, I always have hopes, high hopes for, for things that I like, you know, whether it's, you know, a character like Jonah Hex or Ghost Rider, you know, I do love the comic characters, but, you know, I'm, I'm willing to face the reality that the movies may not live up to my expectations. Yeah, I think the only reason this one even got made is because I think the first one actually did rather well. Yeah, I think it made money. I don't think it did bad. Yeah, <laughs> unlike Jonah Hex. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jonah Hex did not make money. <laughs> What about you guys, the other guys? What do you think about it? What do you think, Justin? Do you have any hopes for it? or? Um, I don't know. I mean, the trailer... It, I mean, the trailer does what a trailer should do, of course. It, it makes it look interesting. So watching the trailer, I'm thinking, okay, this looks better than the first movie already. But then I'm kind of like Derek. I'm like, he he looks like a burnt piece of toast. You know, I'm just like, you know, why, you know... Used up all my butter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just like, you know, why is he, why is he looking all toasty and melted? You know, I just, I, I don't know, I, I don't get that. But you know, just going from the trailer, I mean, it, it, it looks okay. I'm at this point, just about anything could, you know, be better than the original movie. So, oh, you know, I'll probably be one of those 
possibly future poor sap standing in line waiting to see it at the theater. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to hope that it's gonna be you know worth watching. Yeah, that's cool. That'll be wrong a little positivity. Like I said, if it turns out good, hey, I'm I'm down with it. But just uh, initial I responses. Get, <laughs> yeah, I guess on the other hand, I'm just like in my head, I'm just like, oh, it, it already looks better than the first one, and then I'm like, well, how. You know, how bad does it have to be to be worse than the original one? I'm just like, in my head, I just can't imagine this one being worse than the first one. But, hey, I've been wrong before, so, you know. Yeah, it kind of takes on that Transformers vibe of like, hey, the new Transformers sequel looks better than the last one. And, <laughs> yeah, you know. I, guess, I guess I need to go into this movie with, you know, Transformers movie logic, I guess. You know, if, <laughs> if, you know, if Ghost Rider rips off somebody's face, you know, that that'll be appropriate <laughs> for the character, and it'll probably look, you know, really cool on screen, so, you know. It's actually a big teaser that we don't know about. Like, his, he's got, like, comedic buddy and Shia LaBeouf who runs around with him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ghosty, 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 what's up, man, Ghosty? <laughs> He, he, he chauffeurs Ghost Rider around. He doesn't drive a motorcycle. It's just a limo with flaming wheels and shit. I mean, if there's a scene in it where, like, you know, you know, there's some kind of annoying character or something, like, say, if they put in, you know, like, Danny in it, and, you know, Ghost Rider starts peeing on him a la Transformers, like, I'm... I, I've never walked out on a movie before, but, you know, that that would probably cause me to walk out. Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping beyond hope, that in case you're wondering what we talk about with the whole peeing thing, if you haven't seen the trailer, basically at the end of the trailer, there's a kid who's like, so what happens when you have to pee? And of course, Nick Cage being Nick Cage is like, it's awesome. And (laughs) (laughs) And there's a shot of Ghost Rider, like, just squirting flames of hell out of his fucking urethra all over the place. And the only pi- bright side is, though, there's no background. It's just it's just really him peeing. So I'm just hoping somebody was like, I've got two days to kill. I can make a CGI piss scene with fire. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that's not actually in the movie. But uh... I'm actually hoping it's part of the opening credit sequence. <laughs> <laughs> really, that's his new, like, that's, open that's, use that's, that's what he does right before the title comes up. <laughs> it's like, dun, 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 you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, what about you, Mike? Are you are you holding out hope there, sir, or is it? Not? I am holding out no hope for Ghost Rider. <laughs> Ghost Rider Two. Nick Cage needs to pay off his crippling castle debt. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know it kind of reminds me. Like watching the trailer, it it almost looks like it kind of reminds me of Punisher Warzone in that. Like it looks like they're they're just like stripping away, like, everything that the first movie kind of built up and just going with a really, like, simplified version of the character. But, like, I actually enjoyed Punisher Warzone, so I'm kind of wondering if I'll like Ghost Rider 2 better than, like, Ghost Rider 1, just because it's like they, 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 like, narrowed the focus so there's, like, less to screw up, almost. <laughs> but I, I really don't, like, in this case, you know... Nicholas Cage being who he is, I don't think that uh, I'll, uh, you know, I don't think it'll quite work out that way, really. So you're not going to hold your your ghostly breath? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys, you can check out the video. It's 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 uh, the trailer's on YouTube or various other sites. It, it's out there. Uh, go to a recent movie, you'll probably catch it there. Uh, uh, it seems the general consensus is not 
any of us are really holding out a lot of hope. Justin's probably the most positive. So if it, if it's good, we owe Justin a cookie. If it's bad, Justin, don't pee on us. <laughs> <laughs> but Tony, uh, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I just like how he says that, like. Every time he turns into the Ghost Rider, he's like, you gotta go, like, you know, revenge the spirit of, you know, the restless and the, you know, helpless. He's like, hold on, I gotta pee first. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, if, I guess, you know, if nothing else, you know, maybe Conan O'Brien can add this to his little meme of, like, you know, worst, you know, Nicolas Cage movie things he does sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, just, it's just that last part. It's just like, the rest of the trailer is just very nondescript, except for, you know, Major Burt Marshmallow. That's about it. You know, it's just... Yeah, it's just, hey, more. <laughs> you remember the first Ghost Rider? No. Well, here's the exact same thing to catch you up to speed, you know? Well, but, will it be like, not the pee! <laughs> 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 not the pee! Oh. <laughs> Nick Cage, Nick Cage, Nick Cage. That's all I can say. Oh, but we are going to move along. <laughs> Eight, 18 years, and the bees are still fresh. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> it's amazing how long it's amazing how long grown men can talk about fiery piss <laughs> but uh, we're going to move on to our favorite thing of the week we call it something awesome it's basically just what really is rocking our world right now just changes every week give you guys something new to maybe look into if you already know what it's about and you know what's awesome if not hey new stuff is always good uh, I'm going to go to a gentleman. I don't think I've started off with this podcast yet. I could be wrong. Derek, what's your favorite thing this week? Something awesome in your corner of the world. I think since it's Halloween, I'll just go ahead and let everybody know that I got to see Scream 4 a couple weeks ago, and I, I rather enjoyed it. It's it's another Wes Craven, Kevin Williamson, a super team-up, happy time, fun movie or whatever. I you know I it's one of those movies where you know it's not a remake so that's that's a plus it's just a sequel and you know so I sat through it and uh, you know I, it was you know it was entertaining I mean I didn't I didn't run out and see it in the movie theaters but I was curious when I heard about it you know Kevin Williamson as always is very self-referential and you know does a lot of uh, movie within a movie within a movie type stuff and and that was all kind of interesting you know, and definitely is uh, probably in my camp, you know, the proto camp, you know, they have the, you know, don't don't fuck with the original type thing, you know, for as far as remakes go. And, you know, me, I just I, I don't really watch remakes that much or at all. I kind of made that rule. I, I've probably broken it once or twice ever since I made it. But for the most part, I pretty much have whole, held steadfast to, you know, just not supporting remakes and so, anyway, I watched Scream 4. I thought it was uh, pretty fun to watch. And, you know, since it's Halloween, if uh, if nobody's seen it, you know, it's something new and uh, and something uh, worth watching for Halloween. So that, that'll be my awesome thing for this week. Cool, cool. I remember, like, back when I was younger, first three Scream movies, third one not so much, started to lose steam there. But the first two were really popular, wildly popular. A lot of people liked them. It was kind of a new take on horror. So... I might check Scream 4 out. I was thinking about it, so I might I might give it a rental, see what it's about. So. Yeah. Good choice, good choice. How about you, Mike? What's something awesome over there? Mr. Strangly Man. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Strangly Man. <laughs> oh, man. I picked up, uh, I, I saw, like, I was in Movie Stop, and I saw there was the bo- a box set of the complete series of Outlaw Star, 
which was an anime in like 1990 something, 98. Something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that that one. Yes, and it, it was kind of like and like Cartoon Network like showed it like in the afternoon and it was like edited and they didn't even bother showing like the uncut version at night or anything. So like I never actually saw the uncut version. So like and it, it the the box set was only like 15 bucks now, so I picked it up oh, that's and cool. yeah, yeah. yeah, so I I've been watching that and I I like that series. Like it's not it's not really as good as like Cowboy Bebop or like even like Trigun or anything, but you know, it has its charm and like I I think Gene Starwind like the main character is like he's he's awesome like i, I it, just it treads that fine line for me of like it's like it, it has science fiction and it's got outer space which i love and is cool because it's outer space but then then it also has that weird harem anime aspect to it where like besides his little kid sidekick like all the other yeah, girls yep. you know and then, and then, uh, there's, but, there's like, a, there's think... like a magic, like, element to it, too. Like, yeah. He's got, yeah. That cast, he's got that caster gun that, like, yeah, it's we're, like we're magic like... bullets and stuff. I'm like, yeah. MacGuffin bullets, go! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Katarl, Katarl. I think, I think the one, the one that, the, the one that sold the episode for me was where they had the Professor X cactus alien or whatever. Yeah, it was. I just, like, because I, I was, so. I was like, I was like, I, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I like this show or not. Like, I don't know. Like, this is kind of like another, weird horror anime that I, I can't wrap my head around and then all when, once I saw the cactus episode I'm like yeah this is pretty cool you know so I just got to that episode actually so yeah that episode made me laugh a lot especially like when you like they keep trying everyone wants ice cream when they're near like near and they're like they finally get the ice cream and like man this is pretty crappy ice cream why, why do we want it so badly and like eventually like it gets to a point where like the cactus is like controlling Gene's mind and he's like shooting at everything and he's just shooting off into the sky and he's like I can't stop myself he's just like shooting everywhere I don't know that made me laugh a lot yeah it, I like it I, I think it's a really it's it's pretty good and like from what I remember from when I watched it on Cartoon Network like I liked the ending of it and whatnot. And I gotta say, like, what's her face? Yeah, Aisha, uh, Aisha Clan Clan of the Kataro Kataro. <laughs> I, I, I love, I love her voice. Like, you think it, the way it is, like, uh, you think it would be annoying, but for some reason, I just love her dub voice. Like, it's just like weird and like so screechy and weird. I don't, I don't know what it is, but what do you want, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I just for some reason I just laugh every time she talks. So it's like. I don't know, but I'm enjoying the hell out of it, so. I remember a lot of anime fanboys, or otaku, or whatever, I remember the, the, the outcry when Firefly came out about that being a, a ripoff of Outlaw Star, as if, <laughs> as if somebody had seen it, you know, like, from the Fox Network or something, but yeah. I, I can't see parallels to it. So no, I, I mean, I aside from, like, saying. a group of people being on a spaceship and, like, sometimes, like, doing jobs for money, you know, it's not really, you know... Well, they, I think they were pointing to the fact that, like, River was, was kind of like this... this kind of test tube girl and 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 how what's her face the melfina yeah melfina was was kind of i think they were pointing out parallels between river and and melfina when they when they did that which which i could see but i of course i wouldn't you know it's i'm I'm not gonna cry you know rip off or whatever but like it's just one of those things i thought was something interesting to mention if you talk about outlaw star is to bring up the whole comparison with firefly 
I, I just like the series because the one thing I really remember is like, fuck Star Trek and its phasers, screw Star Wars and its laser guns. Real spaceship battles are hand to hand combat. Yeah, grappler <laughs> ships. Yeah, yep, they will do it. How my ship will punch you. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's actually a pretty good series. It was I don't know who did the name, but it was under a Bandai banner, so good stuff. I think I think it was the same studio who like dubbed Cowboy Bebop and stuff. Because what's her face, the assassin, uh, Suzuka? Yeah, that's Wendy Lee. So yeah, pretty clearly. So it might be the same people. Yeah. Cool. cool. I'm gonna go ahead and go into mine real quick. I've been teasing it all throughout the day, like, whoa, it has to do with this movie I saw, and it's actually my favorite thing this week. And it actually does fit in with Halloween. Uh, who who would have thought? I saw Paranormal Activity three this Friday, this past Friday. I I thought it was good. I liked the second one. I haven't seen the first one. A lot of my friends say the first one is kind of, eh. It's, it's just a little too much reality footage. A lot of sleeping and more sleeping and oh no, she kicked her leg. But the second one was pretty scary. It had, well, that one, it's not that it's a scary movie. It's more of a it's a jump scare movie where, like, you know, something happens and, like, the whole audience is like, <gasps> you know, and it has a lot of, like, kind of psychological elements where, like, you know, people are, like, either, ah, ghosts are, like, here and it's scaring the shit out of me or, fuck you, ghosts ain't it real, fuck that shit, call Bill Murray, ha ha ha, you suck. And I, I like that. I like the fact that it's kind of trying to be a little bit more real worldy, you know, instead of, you know, hey, there's three of us, and we're stuck out in the middle of the woods, and there's a shack over there that says kill them all, and it's got knives hanging out in front of it. Think we should go ask them for help? You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, some people see the shit, some people don't see the shit, and the people who don't see the shit have a reason not to believe them, you know? It's like, there's nothing going on, you know? And it's got a lot of good, like, stylish filmmaking uh, techniques. And the hook of the entire series is, is, like, mainly home video cameras and security cameras and stuff, so... You know, everything has that kind of washed out kind of look to it. I I really liked it. It's just it's good stuff. It's an improvement over the second one, which I liked. So the fact that it's an improvement is a good thing. The sequel's getting better. Who would have thought? If you have seen the second one, I will not spoil the third one for you since it is still a rather new movie. However, I will say that the storyline started, like that was shown to be in the second one. They actually do go on with that. They actually do, you know establish more of the mythos of, like, this uh, film franchise. So if you like the second one, you will definitely want to see the third one. There's some people who didn't like the ending. You know, they're like, it's too abrupt, blah, 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 blah. But the ending makes sense, and there's really nothing else that they needed to show for that movie for it to be resolved more. It was like, that's an ending. That That's, you know, <laughs> it's like, that's what you get. <laughs> so anyone who bitches about the ending, that's the only reason they don't like it. Uh, dude, just, you know. Enjoy pancakes. The- <laughs> <laughs> Just enjoy the ride. I really liked it. I thought it was really good. I suggest actually going to see it in the theaters. I am usually a DVD waiter. I usually just wait to see stuff on DVD. But this is a good theater experience, especially if you get in a big crowd and you know you got the crazy people like, "Oh shit, it's going down!" You know, people just like. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of miss that. I don't. I don't really experience that that much anymore. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just really cool. Woo, yeah. Captain America! <laughs> <laughs> Woo, that Tintin guy! <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So, yeah, yeah it, was, it was a cool audience experience. Went with one of my friends, and she she literally jumped like four or five times during the movie, so that was that was cool. It was nice to see like somebody actually get genuinely scared. So, 
for, for Halloween especially, totally see it. Yeah, totally check it out. And, and yeah, go check out Paranormal Activity 3 in a theater near you. I'm going to go over here to good friend Justin. What's something awesome in your world, sir? Well, strangely enough, mine also kind of goes with our Halloween theme. I've been enjoying Dark Shadows Collection 23 this week. And just a... Uh, There's a whole lot of backstory here, but a brief synopsis is there are two ghosts haunting Conwood, and they end up killing a lot of main characters and causing Conwood to basically be destroyed. That's their plan. So to avert all this, Barnabas and Julio, they walk up a magical stairway and go back to 1840 in order to prevent these ghosts from destroying Conwood in the future. And there's all kinds of, you know supernatural hijinks and soap opera and all this kind of stuff going on at the same time. So I've been kind of planting myself and while well, watching these episodes all week. Cool, cool, cool. As many of our longtime listeners know, our good friend Justin is a big Dark Shadows fan, so if you like the season, then there's definitely good kudos from him. Justin, um, yes. how, many, how many collections are there? Because you said you, this, your favorite thing this week was Collection 23. Are they, are they all – because I know you said it ran – the show ran for a really long time. Like, are there, like, hundreds of collections? Like, how many collections are there? I want to say there's, like, almost 30. The show ran for five years, but it, it ran weekly, so there are over a 1,000 episodes. Okay. Um, I think I'm on episode 1,154 or somewhere thereabouts. Oh, okay. So there are only maybe 160, 70-some episodes left, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. But it's like each each collection has about forty episodes on uh, on each set, so you uh, you know you get a lot of stuff to watch. By the way, did you say weekly or is it, was it daily during the week? No, oh, I mean it ran every weekday on ABC. So you had okay, like because you know, you're like it was like it ran weekly, and I'm like that's like two hundred and something episodes. <laughs> sorry, sorry it it ran every weekday on ABC. So you know you had uh, five episodes. So okay, okay, I was like I knew there was more than that, but like I was like I thought it ran a lot more. <laughs> I, okay. I'm using that new math. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of that. Yes, the the NU math. Nice. <laughs> yeah, well done, well done. Good. <laughs> Barbie was right. Math is hard. <laughs> it makes me think. <laughs> Let's just all go bake some cookies instead. <laughs> I'm For a, the boys. I'm a stewardess. <laughs> I'm going to go swim in the pool. <laughs> oh, how did she get that fucking house? Anyway, um... <laughs> but yeah, um... I think that's... Oh, that's the uh, Halloween episode this week. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I could tell you how she got the fucking house. But <laughs> yeah, I, I know how she got the house, Tony. Yeah, well, this is a family podcast. Oh, wait. <laughs> My bad. There was actually something we did want to talk about, though, that's not Halloween-related, that actually we thought needed to, like, you know, not really be addressed, but we wanted to bring it up because, hell, we always tell you guys to send us, like, emails. And hell, we got an email. <laughs> yeah, we we do have an email. Do 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 you want me to uh, to to read the email for our listeners? Uh, I do have it here, but you know what, uh, Derek, you do have such a professional melodious voice. I think it would be <laughs> only fair for you to read the uh, email. Uh, 
Fire. So, uh, so we we got an email from uh, from our good fan Deke Winsome, who who also goes by the handle Cruiser Dave on Bot Talk, and uh, this was in response to our episode twenty nine, which was uh, about Star Wars, basically. And so you know, it's a it's a counterpoint. He he wasn't too happy with with a lot of the the disappointment we had with the prequels. So he, he goes into that, but we just thought we'd uh, we'd go ahead and, and read a counterpoint so that people would have that available for them. And you know, we one way or the other, we like getting feedback. You know, whether it's positive or negative or, or constructive criticism, like we hope this is. So uh, here we go. Hey, fanholes, I've been enjoying the podcast, but the Star Wars episode, well, let's just say I was a little disappointed. It kind of worked as the whole problem with Star Wars fandom these days. That is, most of the time was spent trashing the prequels to the point that you didn't have the time to discuss how totally awesome the first films are. I mean... You guys got on the prequel rant so hot and heavy, you started saying things that weren't true, like saying things were CGI when they were not. Don't get me wrong, there's plenty to criticize, but when you say Obi-Wan's kick in Episode 2 is CGI, you lose credibility, because it wasn't. Also, give credit where credit is due. The music was outstanding in all the films, the design work was brilliant, the films were all very pretty to look at. So we, we can tell that Cruiser Dave digs the prequels. Uh, I think we still think that something was CGI, in that scene, whether it was Obi-Wan or not, so we'll just go with that for the time being. Uh, Cruiser Dave goes on. Uh, the thing with the prequels is they were just average or slightly below average, but the rage of the Internet says they're the worst things ever. However, all of them received generally positive reviews upon their release. All of them made buckets of money and were the top-grossing films of their respective years, except Episode 2, which was up against a little indie film called Spider-Man. The problem is that upon the first viewing, these films, even episode one, are fine. It's the repeat viewings that don't stand up. Perhaps no other film series, but Star Wars, uh, I don't know, I can't read that exactly. It doesn't, I guess he means that, uh, let's see, they don't stand up during, like, repeat views, I guess. And perhaps no other film series, but Star Wars does do people watch over and over again. Uh, outside of Star Wars, what movies are watched time and time again? I'm sure I've seen the first three Star Wars movies at least a hundred times each, and I think most people aged 25 to 40, uh, 27 to 45 are in the same boat. In fact, I can't name another series of movies I've watched as much. So yeah, the prequels can't stand up to that level of scrutiny. Perhaps no film can. I mean, how many other movies do people say they've seen a hundred times? Seriously. I don't love the prequels. I, and feel they were best left to the individual's imagination. However, I'm not sucked into the quote-unquote cool thing to do on the Internet, which is to bash them and talk about how horrible they are. Worst movies come out every year. Some of them make lots of money, such as the Transformers films. Yeah, I guess he's got you on that. Uh, while others are just the regular run-of-the-mill bad movies that find themselves in the discount bin at Walmart a year after their theatrical release. You leave Leprechaun 4 alone, Cruiser Dave. <laughs> um, no, just kidding. Uh, my point is that I was a little disappointed with your show this week. You really didn't say anything new, different, or even interesting about the prequels. You guys basically regurgitated everything that hardcore nerds have been saying for years. Quote-unquote, this isn't what I wanted, so it's the worst thing ever. Then you went on not to even discuss the original trilogy. Oh, and you talked about the long, uh, long of tooth uh, CGI Clone Wars and the all too brief hand drawn Clone Wars, and even discussed the expanded universe, which, as someone who actually reads books, 
I don't know. Does that mean I, I know I don't read books, so I don't take offense to that. But I think Justin reads books. So Yay! I take offense to that for Justin. <laughs> yeah. And I can I can tell you is awful. Heir to the Empire and Dark Empire were okay, but everything since has been on a downward slide. I don't know. I think there's been some okay stuff, but whatever. Um, but you didn't discuss you didn't discuss the actually OT. Uh, you didn't actually discuss the original trilogy. I think is what he means. Other than your feelings about it in a post prequel world. Yet, it's still the original trilogy that matters most. I can sit through the same old negativity we've had for years about the prequels, but damn it, talk about the awesome side of the original trilogy. Talk about how Star Wars, for the first time, financially vitalized and critically legitimized fantasy and science fiction films. Talk about how The Empire Strikes Back may be one of the few flawless movies ever to put on screen. Talk about how Jedi, well, how it wasn't awful. Anyway, I still think you guys are a great podcast overall, Hope I'm not in the doghouse for letting you know my feelings, Deke. So, Deke, you're, you're definitely not in the doghouse. We're happy to read this. And uh, we just want to say, on behalf of all the fan holes, Musafasa, Musafasa, Slimo! <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that's the only thing we can think of to respond to, to all that uh, 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 constructive criticism. But again, we appreciate uh, the emails and the uh, uh, discussion. So uh, yeah, if you wanna if you wanna send any uh, more uh, angry emails or constructive emails or uh, what have you, uh, you can feel free to send them to fanelspodcast at gmail dot com. I just I just wanted to say one thing, uh, address one specific thing, uh, but. Uh, since I'm totally illiterate, I don't know if I can. Um, <laughs> since you don't read books. Exactly. Right. Now, right. I just wanted to say, like, you know, you said we we claimed that Obi-Wan's kick was CGI. Um, there's a, I looked at the scene, and there are actually two kicks he does. The first one is wire work, so we're, we're in the wrong there. The second one is definitely CGI, when he kicks Jango Fett off the platform, and then Jango Fett's, like, grapple line, like, drags him off. That kick was CGI. So my only fault there was, like, criticizing the wrong shitty thing. That was shitty wire work, not shitty CGI. My apologies. <laughs> See, the, oh. the, the thing about Star Wars is we could talk about it forever, and we nearly did because that was our longest show. So it just you know goes to prove your point that we could endlessly dissect and discuss Star Wars forever and still miss something. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. I mean, and you know, and just like you didn't like the expanding universe, there's a lot of people on the internet who bash on the expanding universe just as much as you seem not to like it. So I think it's only fair that we gave our honest opinions. I cannot. I will. I will address one thing. None of us are cool. None of us did bash the prequels to like look cool. We didn't do it because the internet told us to. It's just our honest yeah. opinions. And I, for the record, I I don't hate them. I just don't enjoy them as much as the original trilogy is all. I agree. Yeah, I I, I think and the I, first one is a bad movie. The second one is a bad movie. The third one I actually was okay with. Uh. <laughs> Um, and I will agree that we did not uh, address the original like trilogy that as much as we could have, and you know we we could have talked a little more on that. We only gave like our initial like background impressions of it, kind of. So yeah, I, I will. Well, you know, to, to me, if 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 we didn't address the original trilogy, it was probably just a sign of of how much we probably still like it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, there wasn't much to complain about there. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 
Exactly. And I, I do believe I actually will get Derek's back or Mike's back or Grimlock's back or Brian's back or my back because I always forget who says stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do believe one of us did say that Empire was definitely one of the better films that we've seen. I think they actually gave it, you know, like great films. So. I mean, we, I, I think there was a lot of hate. And I think, like, when there's a lot of hate, it's hard to see when there is something good being said. But your criticism is valid, as all criticism is. We just will ignore it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, will, I will not ignore anything anybody has to say, as Derek has already given the uh, email uh, shout-out for. Write us. We, we'll read bad stuff on the air. We don't care. You can pick on us. We probably deserve it sometimes. So, yeah, send us some emails, Star Wars. We did three and a half hours on it. I think we summed up how we felt about the email, which, again, no hard feelings, Cruiser. We're totally cool. Um, but, yeah, I think we're done for Star Wars for a while. And I think we're done with the Halloween episode, too, aren't we? Yeah, it looks like we're good. All right. Well, I hope to wish everyone who listens to the Fan Holes podcast a very happy Halloween. Either get drunk at Halloween party or if you got some little kidlings or younglings, um, don't slay him in the Jedi Temple. Take him out for trick-or-treating. Yeah, don't, don't let Anakin hand out uh, apples with razor blades in them, because that's what's going to go down. And make sure you erase all security holograms of what you're, you're going to you, do. If you, if you are going to put razor blades in the apples, be sure to take the security holograms with you. I know. Gosh, how floppy. Until the next podcast, or sidecast, whichever comes first. I will always remain forever and evermore, Tony Chainclaw. This is Derek, Derek W. Woo! <laughs> it's Mike Thunderwing. Goodbye. <laughs> and this is Justin Grimlock. All right, guys. See you next time on the Fan Holes Podcast. Peace and justice. <laughs> <laughs>